Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Second Act Actors. I'm your host, Dr. Janet McMorty, and I'm still a medical doctor simultaneously trying to pursue a career in acting. My guest this week is Angie Hung. Angie is a project manager turned actor. I shouldn't say turned actor. She's pursuing both simultaneously, and she finds immense joy in pursuing both simultaneously, in pursuing both of these careers. And it's okay. You don't have to go from one career into acting. You can do both. And she does them so well and with so much enthusiasm. She has an incredible story to tell. We touch on being a member of the LGBTQ2 plus community, um, what it's like being a Chinese person in this industry from an immigrant family, representation in this industry, how it's changing, how it's evolving, how Angie would like to see it change and evolve. We also touch a lot on Kate Winslet and the Spice Girls. And the way we touch on the Spice Girls is just probably the most beautiful thing because Angie and her relationship with the Spice Girls is all about community. And that's a vein that has run deep through almost every episode of this podcast is how critical it is to find your people, find your community of support. So if you are a second act actor, we are your people. We are your community and we are your support. Please enjoy the wonderful, the enthusiastic, the hilarious Angie Hung. How did you get into into acting? Yeah, so I have I have two parts. When I was oh, actually I don't know, maybe about eighteen. So my older sister has been an actress in Vancouver for many years, and I thought, oh, this is something cool to get into. So I did get an agent, and I definitely was not prepared for the amount of hard work it takes to actually audition, be ready, have know the character that well, understand the preparation and learning it takes to to delve into one's character, even just for, for an audition. So about 15 years ago, so I think I tried it for about 10 years. And I, I mean, I'm so afraid to even tell you how I, how I'd explain myself in the audition room. Definitely someone who should not be in there, just someone that who wasn't prepared. So I'll give an example. I would go into the audition room and it might be a character who is was playing Mahjong and then all of a sudden something happens that scares the heck out of her, but not in a loud way, but more in a contained way. And oh my God, Janet, it was so unreal. So anyways, uh, flash forward to f- about, so 15 years ago, I stopped, but also because the acting industry was so slow, it wasn't getting anywhere. I wasn't even... And it even bothered me, like agents were also getting into the business and then getting out of it, which also caused some trouble. Mm. Anyhow, I took the time to to still work in my full-time job, but I earned enough money to travel the world, to meet a lot of different people from different cultures. But, and, and, and I know this sounds so, this is how you meet people, by the way. You get into something like an international band known as the Spice Girl. <laughs> because every time you go to a concert, you do meet people from literally every single country in the world because everyone has to travel to England in this case to see them live because that's where they are based out of. And that's when I started realizing how cool it is to travel around the world and meet different people. 
And then also in this process, I encountered, I'll just say encountered some amazing LGBTQ role models. Uh, one of them, and I don't, I don't want to say their names, but they, they did win Amazing Race Canada season four. Google that, right? And that's when I realized, oh my God, there's this whole journey that I need to take because prior to that, even though I never hide myself, I was pretty ashamed of also being who I was because in, I, I live in Calgary where at that time, all the gay women were all very, uh, st- more stereotypically butch. And I was so ashamed to be a part of that community because that's the only representation I saw. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, so through my travels around the world and getting to meet different people and getting some LGBTQ role models that meant something to me, I became a different person. Uh, not on purpose, just gradually, right? But then there was something, but at nighttime, I started having these fantasies about, okay, I'm living this amazing life. I get to travel around the world and meet so many different friends and people. Why am I fantasizing about... And okay, I'll, the fantasy is, I remember this character in a, in a TV show, and he's filled with so much pain, and he's holding a gun, and he's trying not to shoot it at someone that hurt him. I'm like, why does it turn me on? And I realized it was just feeling those emotions again of in a safe environment. And when I say a safe environment, meaning it's not real. And that's where I like to feel it. But I'm thinking, oh, my God, I would love to just challenge myself to get back into those emotions. Well, I just realized I haven't even gotten to the whole point of the story. So what got me back into acting, I watched the film, it's 2020, Ammonite, uh, Ammonite with Kate Winslet and directed by Francis Lee. And I, yeah, I thought the movie was all right, right? I was like, oh, okay. And then I what did I, I watched another Kate Winslet movie after, and then I, and I couldn't stop thinking about Ammonite, thinking, why, do, why, why would she even do like a LGBTQ movie? And then I discovered a, a YouTube interview with her where she explains about the acting process and why she specifically chose an LGBTQ movie and what she was trying to get out of it and even the feedback that she got and the questions that she got. But the more that she went into the acting process, I started binging every single acting process interview with Kate Winslet, which is a lot if you go to YouTube and go down that rabbit hole. And and then that's when my love for acting completely went from 10 to 100%. And then I, and I think what, I don't know if you've asked this, but what made me not go into acting before that, many things I didn't want to put in what I knew would be the hard work even to get an agent doing the cover, well, cover letter resume, demo reel, trying to justify yourself to an agent. I knew, and I didn't want to face any type of rejection. I knew that I would have to get new headshots. I think the, the amount of work and knowing that I don't know if I would even succeed in the end, even in getting an agent, I didn't want to go through that. Mm-hmm. But then after this whole binging Kate Winslet interviews and realizing that acting actually is something that excites me now and excites me now way more than 15 years ago because I'm way more happy with who I am and myself. And I do believe that as a person and as an actor, the more okay you are about yourself, the easier and more enjoyable the acting process is, is because then you can be free enough to explore different sides of yourself, to explore characters that even you might not relate to, but you might relate to certain emotions or experiences that they've gone through, like, you know, feelings of rejection. I'm going to give just a more uh, intense example. We've all got, well, hopefully we've all gone through rejection. I hope you have, but anyway, (laughs) but, uh, but, but it's, it's, it's just, Getting those life experiences 
And I'm, and it's, honestly, I'm in such a fortunate time in my life because I have this amazing full time job, but which also gives me the flexibility to also pursue acting when I'm not working at that job. Like, I'm so happy right now that because I know that a lot of actors, they struggle with earning enough money to, you know, maybe pay for acting classes. And it's a struggle because they're managing two jobs, a job that they're only doing to get the money that they need. And then they're acting, which in most cases, people are not earning any money at all. It's just auditioning. So I am so, so, so lucky. And now when I look back at my younger self where I go, okay, the the younger Angie would have said, oh my God, acting is so cool to get into. Now, if I hear anyone saying, oh, why are you in acting? Well, I thought it was something cool to get into. I instantly want to like strangle them because acting is, you don't get into acting because it's cool. You get into acting because you love that painful, sometimes painful, joyful, hard work and rejection that comes along with trying to figure out the character and how you specifically want to play it. That is so important to hear in every, it's like, cause I, that's a, that's a vein that travels through a lot of people's conversations that I have. Right. And I think especially when people have had either a life or a career before choosing to fully commit to acting, there is that realization, right? And it comes with life experience. I agree with you. If I had gone into acting when I was in my like late teens, early 20s, I was of that mindset of like, this is cool. And because everyone loves the art of it, right? But it's the pursuit of it that's not cool. The pursuit is really hard. And it's an eye-opening thing that if you you need to love that pursuit of it, because otherwise, yeah, it's if you if you like just the art and the fluff of it, like you're not going to succeed succeed in what the society deems as success and what maybe you personally deem as success. Thank you for saying that. You you articulated additional thoughts that were like yes, yes, and fifth. I was like yeah, <laughs> whatever you're saying, yes. Yeah. Like, I said it. No, it. Um, and 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 even even worse, I hear that about the the because it, it is cool, right? If you if you tell people like, oh, even if I had an audition, like they're like that instantly. Even though it shouldn't, we shouldn't be putting auditions and famous actors up on a pedestal, but we do. And and I'm sure Janet that you know that people will use it to to get fame. So that was the the actually even before the coolness factor. If I hear anyone say, well, you know, I'm I'm pursuing acting because. I'd like to be famous one day, or or even if they even if they put it in a different way, they go, "Well, I'm pursuing acting because you know I, I'm sure it'll be the same once the fame comes." Easy focus on fame or popularity or or raising your status. If that's the reason you're pursuing acting, I hope you do not succeed because that is the. I, I'm not even saying it; it's just as my opinion, but wrong. Like you pursue acting because even when you just get an audition, even if you know you're like, you know, one out of the 1,000 self-tapes they're going to see, you still have this hope that maybe the way that I'll play it is what they might be looking for. And and something else that I know I love about acting, you know, after many rejections, I've loved every single audition process I've done because I've had a good friend come over. Like I've had... 
mostly two good friends, like different friends, depending who's available, come over. And we have the most fantastic time bonding with each other, talking about the characters. Even after the audition, we sit down, we talk about, oh my God, what's up? Right. So we, that even gives us the opportunity that we normally wouldn't have to start connecting and talking about life and even talking about, okay, Angie, you, you know, Angie, I know you really well. I, you were, sorry, you were really stiff in that. I don't know why. But just even just getting to know each other in the process. I don't think I've ever had an audition where I haven't just felt so joyous after, you know, regardless whether I got it or not. And, and I'm sure you probably understand in most cases you don't get it. So, but just that's how you know you're in, you're in the best deal possible is when you, you lo- as you said, you love the whole process of it. That is a brilliant idea of shaping an audition self-tape into what can be a dread-filling experience. Because I know there's this weird thing that happens to me, and let me know if it happens to you. You get that, like, audition in your inbox, and you go, yay, oh, no. Because it's like, no, now I have to learn all these lines. Now I have to self-tape. But, like, it's this weird feeling because you've been waiting for this, and you're excited, but there's a bit of dread around it as well, too. I love the idea of shaping it, like, making it so, like, social and and not just, like, okay, we're going to read the lines and send it off into the abyss and maybe something will happen. Be like, no, this is a time to connect with a friend, connect with someone, and can create art, discuss art, and make it a joyful experience. That's brilliant. I've never heard I'm I'm gonna do that. That is genius. And another thing that that thank you. So I do agree with you on that. That yes, when you first get that audition, you are so happy to like, you know, <gasps> yay, audition. And then you're like, yeah, you start reading it and you'd be like, due date, right? And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> tonight at 4 p.m. And and because both my friends work full time, so usually they're not available during the day, right? So it's even like trying to be like, it's picking up the phone. Another audition to come, you know, and I know you might have planned tonight, but can you maybe come and help me? And and even that like is fun and my, do, my friends do, like they love it after they've told me, right? And And... Even you start to realize that your readers, who are your friends, sometimes some of them are amazing directors because I think they, not just that they know you, but they they see things probably that you as the auditioner don't see, right? Because sometimes I think when you audition, sometimes I get an audition, I'm thinking, oh, it's so clear how this person's going to be played. And I'm like, oh no, that should already be a warning bell, but usually isn't a warning bell soon enough for me, right? And it's only later you start looking at, Okay, when why is there a period at the end of that line and on a dot 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 or a question mark and things like that? There's just so much stuff that you can get into it. And another thing about the the process, I just want to tell you, every single audition, there's been a hilarious blooper, and 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 so I've captured those as well because right, you're taping, and usually I post them on social media like without any spoilers because it's so funny, and and like the best, like, even though. And this is how, another reason why I know I love acting is there has been there have been some very difficult scenes, right? Where we get to the very end, we're just about to nail it. And then one time my friend forgot her cue at the very end of this amazing audition scene that was going perfect. So I'm standing there and at first I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute, am I the one who should have said something? And then finally she starts, she doesn't lose it, but I start losing it, realizing that she's trying not to lose it. And you know, in if you hated acting, you'd be like, "Oh shit, you got to do it all over again." To me, I'm like, 
we just burst out laughing. We're like, and and my friends like apologizing. I'm like, it's okay. We can just do it again. And everybody's like, I just love it. Even though no one's seeing me, you know, the casting director's not seeing that. And it's just an, an experience between me, me and my readers. And and so now I have a quote blooper reel that maybe one day I will be able to share with the whole world. I love that. And I think that is key for longevity in this industry is that mindset of joy, right? And I mean, not to get like too like hippy dippy about it all, but like the biggest thing that I have learned in these last couple of years is that if you find joy in your acting and realize that acting is not just like when you book and when you're on set, like what you were doing was acting and you want to do that for the rest of your life, you know, that's that's so key to like literally outlasting 99% of people in this industry who aren't finding joy in that, right? So that mindset I think is so critical and tough to have. So how did you develop that mindset of joy in the process? Where does that come from? I think it goes from me thinking back to when I was younger and I wasn't completely happy with my life and with myself. And and also, I do think as a more older, more experienced person, I can, I can, well, I have, it's such a great question. I wish I had a great answer for it. I do. I just swear I do. <laughs> it, I, I just know that when I was younger, I, I just mentally had, mentally, and I guess from a life experience perspective, had not experienced enough experiences that that are full circle meaning joy what it feels like when you when me as a person misjudges someone and 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 how how when i misjudge someone or i'm too quick to say why did you do that kind of thing even to my own friends all of those experiences and learnings and even the friends and even the people that were friends and were more acquaintances now after having been through all that, I've learned oh, so much about myself, but then I've also learned so much about the people that are still in my life in a very strong way. And that gives me hope. It gives me empathy. I think there's a better word than empathy. It gives me compassion. It gives me appreciation for where I am in my life right now, despite all the good things and bad things that I've done and bad things I've done is, is, is I'm not talking about crime. I'm again, I'm talking about how easy it is for me, Angie, to judge others about, you know, about the decisions that they've made or I'll be like, why did you post that on social media? Was that just to increase your following? Like now I'm at the part where it's none of my business, what other people do. So that's a lesson that I'm learning. And also, all the love that I've received from the Spice Girls community, as an example, but really from the LGBTQ community, how accepted I can and am, even at work. And that was another thing. So in my workplace, which is a very, very, very large organization, I started contributing to their diversity and inclusion presentations, but trying to provide a more positive perspective. And I say positive because I want to make sure that I'm still a positive role model to anyone that might be listening to me young old it doesn't matter meaning i want to use my experiences even if they're as being a minority in many ways 
as something that I can um, use and leverage to get myself even further, as opposed to using it to complain or using it saying, oh, I've only been judged because I'm this and I'm that. I'm like, no, there's a lot of things that I can contribute to that. Not to take away from the judgment that that uh, female Chinese gay women like me have gone through. And I think all these life experiences has still, I don't know how, Janet, made me, and I, I'm realizing it now with you, um, a very happy person. And I don't know why I'm so happy, but, you know, I, I, have, I have also a lot of older age friends who can no longer walk, no longer see, no longer move like they used to, and that also helps me to appreciate where I am right now. So combining all of these experiences and knowing that there's a lot of personal stories, some positive, some very painful that stories that I can now share, hopefully, if I ever do have that platform. And I do acknowledge that yeah, as much as I, I, I don't like people pursuing for fame, I do know that if I do become it as a, hopefully a successful actor who's known for being a joy to work with, mm-hmm. who is down to earth, a joy to, nice to everyone, including usually the people that never get talked to once. And I'm specifically talking about background and, and extra people. I want to use that then as a platform to, to create change because even in the current organization that I'm working at now, as much as I share my stories about inclusivity and what that means and not judging me because I look Asian, just because I look Asian doesn't mean that I'm amazing at math and finance and that's the only thing I can do. But I know that my, I'm not able to influence change until I have that bigger platform. And that is completely separate other reason why I'm doing acting. I love it. Like, I love acting. You can put that all into its complete package. And then separately, I have this other desire to actually make change, hopefully, to people, especially people that might know what I felt like years ago when I felt like I didn't fit in, when I felt ignored, when I felt not included. And I'm hoping that they can see that. I just think I just gave a very serious answer to probably what was what you meant is a very fun question. No, I think, and I don't mean to be like to be putting like words in anyone's mouth or anything like that. But what really like like you'd mentioned the word empathy, and I love that word in conjunction with art. And because like, this is not a, a unique idea to me. I wish I could take credit for it, but like I think. Like art is one of the f- art in every form, acting, painting, sculpture, whatever art art is, I think is one of the few things in this world that can like authentically create empathy in someone. And in return, that can like create more art, right? Like I think art gets kind of like deemed as this frivolous thing in the world, but I don't think there's much else that can really allow genuine empathy to be built in someone because you can't judge either the character you're playing or like other artists, like, you know, stuff like that, that you can b- literally build empathy. And so I, I wonder just for, for like you and what you've been through, like the artistic process you have has helped you build empathy in your other job, but then also the empathy you already had is now coming out in the art that you're able to do. So it's this like lovely cycle and again i don't know if empathy is the correct like term but like that feeling for others understanding others 
but also helping others understand you and others. Do you know what I mean? I'm kind of rambling, but yeah, I think it's I think it's more powerful than we realize. It is, and even now that I go into acting, when I, when I'm managing projects, so I'm a project manager in my in my full time job. I'm seeing those opportunities for learning about myself, but also learning about compassion for other people, because I've already looked at it from an acting character type of viewpoint. And then I take it into my work world. And we know when I see people fighting or when I see people just in a disagreement, as as people do in projects, I even see so much more learnings from that, because I'm already now also being it from an acting character, a person's background, what led to that character responding to that situation in that way. I now also take away those learnings from my, my, my daytime job as well. And yes, it, it does all also all wrap around, hopefully for me, in being having more compassionate and having more empathy towards or for others. Describe how this kind of second time getting into acting, like what have you been building over the last couple of years? Like how is, again, this is more of, I guess, a process question, but more of a, like, who have you built kind of around you? Are you taking classes? Do you have an agent? Like how has that been built that's different this time around? Oh my God. Yeah. So one thing I forgot to mention when I was like getting back into acting, I knew that I needed to state why I'm getting into acting. I didn't want to do that typical cover letter of, and looking for representation, you know, that kind of stuff, right? Because again, I, I did my research first. I, I, I narrowed down the list of legitimate acting agents that I wanted to apply with for. And I was very open to all of them as saying, I'm applying to multiple. These are, you, you're, you're one of the, the ones that I've, you know, narrowed down to just after doing some research. Right? And what I did put in there is, is so, you know, I am openly. And I, I want to be very clear, openly female. I'm not that anyone's going to, like, sometimes people don't know or they don't think about that, but openly female, Chinese, and openly LGBTQ. And I go, if you have a problem with that, then you're not for me and I'm not for you. Okay. And so I think that did help actually with all my applications. But I want to be very clear that I didn't use me being gay as a way to get in, but I used me being gay so that I was, so that the potential agent knows an important side of me that I don't want to have to hide. And in fact, in a good way, even though I don't, I would never use me being a minority in any way to get where I want to go. But I, but it does tell people, okay, look, here's a person that has experiences, which probably would contribute well to a person being able to get fully into a character and empathize with that character because they've been through you know, being rejected or being judged because a lot of, you know, a lot of characters, you know, a lot of people and, and characters do. And so I was just very clear with that. And, and I did think that it made all the potential agents that I apply to probably take a closer look at it. And yes, I do. I am aware that there is more of a focus in the acting industry, acting business on diversity and inclusion, and I keep on saying those are two completely different things, right? And and so with diversity, I know that, you know, sometimes maybe maybe productions feel forced to even put in their description, you know, we're opening to ethnic diverse backgrounds. 
And you really honestly, Janet, you don't even know if that's the case. Mm-hmm. You have to put that there. Um, and then, and then, yes, you see, you get the inclusion side where you don't just look, you know, diverse. You actually, they're part of the family. They're part of the team. And I wouldn't be able to view it from that type of, I hate the L word. I just hate it. Lens. Okay, I'm sorry. I said an overused word. But anyways, if you go from that lens <laughs> to uh, now I can view it from, from that viewpoint because I've been through it. Yeah. And there is something, as much as I love acting, like I cannot even go, I, I have not even told you how much I love acting. Like I know you can probably see it, but no, no. Like I haven't even reached how much I love acting. But even as much as how, how much I love acting, just also just being able to, to, yeah, one day be a, and I keep on using the word positive because I, I have seen, I guess, more negative uses of someone's minority to get, kind of get what they want. And I don't want to do that. I want to be like, look, and oh, actually a great example is uh, most of the people in my life, including in my work life that have given me the most support, some of them are straight white men. And I need to be open with that because I think it does create a divide when me as a minority go in and be like, oh, well, you're, you know, you're this group. And in this case, straight white men, you've gotten everything. You don't know what it means to have compassion. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It is, it is straight white men that wanted nothing for me because I wasn't their type anyways, <laughs> wanted nothing for me other than I think they, they saw something in me that spoke something to them they related to me and 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 i think yes because my interests might align more with what traditionally straight white white men like like i love science fiction time travel lego transformers engineering like i like things that that maybe you know a lot of boys growing up in canada and the u.s were influenced to to enjoy but not as much girls never was into barbie or into combing people's hair or you know anything like that so, so I, and then, so I'm, I keep on thinking, oh no, did I go back to address your original question, which was, what is the process now and, and what's influenced me? So yes, that's, so I approached the applying to agencies a different way. I also, I think now with Google and with internet, it's so, e- so, e- so much easier to go, okay, what really should I be presenting to a potential agent? What do I need? What skills do I need? Okay. I don't have a demo reel. What can I use in my past life? So, oh, I forgot to tell you that I had a, I'd say about a 20 year dance experience. It overlapping that break that I had. So I was able to perform in other ways and express myself in other ways. And that was another thing that I was able to put on my resume. I was just able to experience so much more life by, you know, dancing, traveling around the world, like dancing on stage with a Bollywood group, a hip hop group, et cetera, et cetera. So after doing living life and even like living life as a corporate employee, as someone, so I know what it's like to to work uh, a full-time job. And actually, you know what? I love it. I don't like how it's always put down, but it could be just my specific situation. Like, I love my job. Like, I get to manage projects, which helps me to see different types of people, different types of personalities. Helps me look, okay, how can I uh, facilitate discussion between these groups of people that might not be seeing eye to eye? But then I, I and then I take that away and thinking, okay, what did I even learn about them? What did I learn about myself in the process? And then I use all of that, <laughs> hopefully, when I'm thinking about preparing for a character. I think I can be much more open about preparing for characters because I have been exposed to so many different people. 
And another example I'll give, because because you know, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to include Kate Winslet and the Spice Girls as much as I possibly can right, in this discussion. So I was a huge fan of Sporty Spice, and I still am now, right? Sporty Spice, and she went through. I believe it was, and I don't want to misquote. It was not depression, but it was bipolar disorder, mm. and she was very open about it. And having an idol that you look up to and you and your friends look up to be so open about something like that, it totally takes away the stigma. Because before that, all the people, and this is before mental health was uh, a huge topic. Before that, if anyone had depression or any kind of mental health, they would be considered weird and just kind of avoid them because they're just kind of weird. But to have like my idol, like a Spice Girl, come out about that, I thought I... I had no more reason to judge other people who had going through mental health issues. So even that was another learning and experience that I got to go through. Like, not that I got to go through it, but I got to go through trying to support my own idol who's going through it and learning what she's going through and learning that even like the coolest people go through mental health disorders. And, and now taking all of that and also like applying that to Acting and when I when I I hate calling it acting because I think acting is really portraying real people. So it's acting is almost opposite of what acting is. It's not it's not pretending. It is telling real people's stories as real as possible. And those characters, in 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 all I think all people in life, we all have those little things that make us unique. But also those little things that we've been through positive and negative that make us the people that we are today. And after learning all of that, I now appreciate my daytime job more because I use it as learning about people uh, opportunities. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. No. I'm project team members, you know what? <laughs> right? Uh, and so I'm, I'm still maximizing my experience in my daytime job, but also using that, and probably interchangeably, using that to educate me about Oh, okay. You know what? Maybe that's some mind thought I need to do or I need to get into when I'm playing a character who's going that, that, through that type of experience or emotion. Yeah. And another thing I'll say, and I should probably realize I, I love to talk. Um, love it. Which is good. Okay. Which is hopefully good for a body. I love it. No, no. it is, is, okay. Well, great. I, have to, I keep on getting into like this mindset and then I forget the, the there was another thing I wanted to mention. Oh. Okay, I was talking about how acting and real life it, it it helps each other because you start to appreciate people and what they go through. You start noticing how different people react to different situations. And okay, I had a great point. And when I when I when I discover that, you can just edit that. You know, edit that right back in. Did, I hope that at least addressed your question about maybe the process. So yes, I do have a, an agent. Uh, I love her, them. And I see, I just say them because there's actually three people leading it, right? And, and, and the reason I don't necessarily add advertising who my agent is, is I, anyone who wants to be an actor should love it so much. They, they want to do their own work to get into acting. Mm. Some questions that I, I hate being asked the first, Oh, who's your agent? I, it is none of your business, and I say it's none of your business because I, I know some people kind of view that as a shortcut. Oh, okay, well, then that's the agency I'm applying for because Angie gets legitimate auditions. Mm. 
no, do your own homework, mm-hmm. right? The, 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 the place I probably would direct people to is actually Alberta. At least there's some potential agency. Maybe you want it. Like I will help people. Mm-hmm. And another thing I hate being asked when, when I tell people that I'm after the fight, I normally don't tell people that I'm after that because I think it, it does come across as kind of selfish. Um, is, oh, and oh God, I hate this, Janet. So what have you been in? What have you done? God, I hate that. It, it, I don't even think it comes out of a, a curiosity as much as comparing, okay, what have you done versus what have I done? Have you, are you a real actor or like, have you society's definition of it? So yeah. So I, I mean, grant, and so it's hard for me sometimes to not tell people what I'm doing. Oh, I can't go out with you because I'm busy. Busy doing what? Oh, and then even then I feel so like, oh my gosh, wait, like, I'm busy doing a self-tape. I'm like, oh God. Like, I was like, I'm, I don't want to show up. But at the same time, I'm sure you realize even the language of acting can be very intimidating to people because most people do think it is cool and it is such a cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. But, but I hate being like, I've got an audition and then got to do a self-tape. Oh, the life of a self-tape auditioner. Like, no, no. <laughs> like, I'm not, I think that's very, um, show-offy and, Right. You, um, oh yeah, there was something that I did want to say. And I, I observe everyone around me, including even when I'm just, okay. And I don't want to say just doing background work. Cause again, I'm, I'll be doing what I don't like people doing. I observe people on set and most people don't even look at the background or extra people. And in fact, the sad thing is once an extra background person gets one line, one effing line, like their line could be, Hi, how are you? That's it. You know, a bartender or whatever. And they start treating everyone, quote, beneath them as crap. So I'm even starting, I have this little spreadsheet of people that I have encountered that include everyone. And it could be even not even people that I know too well, but I'm like, okay, you know, Miranda from this production, and I can always look her up later, right, on, on IMDb, was so nice to everyone. Like, you don't, you don't see that hierarchy of, 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 you know, who people talk to. And then, oh, that was another thing that I like is whenever I encounter truly amazing people, especially if they're lower on the, like lower on the, on the whatever, on the false societal view of feeling different people on the acting scale. If I, I, I really write their names down, I write their background. So one day, if ever I have that opportunity to raise them and elevate them, I will go out on my way to, and, and I do think, sorry, I want to really go on about this is I think one of the many pitfalls or downfalls to a, a, someone's acting career is when they become in any way, even no matter how arrogant, in any way arrogant, arrogant. It's not, it's not always that showy off you person. They could be that former extra who just got one line and now they have their own trailer and now they don't speak to the extras anymore or they get mad at the driving people because sometimes i've heard from drivers saying i one time accidentally called the background uh, uh, a a one-liner person a background person and they just lost it at me thinking like how dare you treat me like just a background person so i think i think the i think i'm being taught these lessons so that I mean, I'm assuming I will succeed, but when I do succeed in this industry, and when I succeed, having that bigger voice where people will actually listen to me, and yes, I will direct them to this podcast first. Okay, like if you want to know, 
if you'll just go back to when I filmed ages ago, right? And and I I do think that even observing this type of behavior, whether it's done to me, whether it's done to anyone else, is also preparing me to be in that position so that I can be a positive role model. So I'm not going to be the actor, like as long as I don't have to like, you know, be get into character and in, like in a really intense character, I will go take up my lunch and go sit with the background people. Right. No more, like none of that bullshit of actors cannot speak to background people because they are, have a higher status. Like I want to make sure I h- highlight and elevate anyone who deserves to be elevated. But people don't notice them because they're not they're not at that status level yet. Well, I think the big thing that I've found is like the people who are that we ele- that we put on the pedestal don't need to be supported anymore. They're already there. They're already up on the pedestal. They're already up high. The people who need our elevation are those of us who are like in the pursuit of it. And I think that's, that's a, and, and building up the film family, like on your spreadsheet about who has been supportive to everyone, who has been supportive to you, I think, and then elevating those people, not only does it make, not only does it make the whole industry better, but there is that, it feels really good from like a creative fire standpoint. I know for me, like one of the best things I found in, on the days when I'm not doing anything creative or I'm feeling like, oh, there's no auditions coming in or anything like that. The thing that I found that has been most helpful in getting that like creative fire going again is finding someone who has supported me somehow and then figuring out what they're doing now and supporting that. And that selfishly makes me feel good, but it's elevating them. And supporting them in their journey of the pursuit of this that we're all doing. That completely makes sense. Like, and maybe, and I obviously did not come here in an overly emotional tone, but that you nearly made me tear up when you're explaining that. I, I do get it. I think it's, and it's because, and that's another reason why I want it so much. I want to, to do those good things that I just wish, honestly, I had the power, authority, status to do. And I just hope I do it correctly. And I do think these steps of being able to observe people that don't treat people correctly, I almost have to be thankful for that. Otherwise, I wouldn't be aware of that type of people versus the type of people I would like to highlight. And it goes well beyond acting. It goes even in the Spice Girls, you know, fan community as well. Like there's, you know, when you're a fan of someone, uh, you get there's now a hierarchy of fans, right? The fans that everyone looks up to because they meet all the Spice Girls all the time, and some some of them I witnessed them making fun of, you know. And this sounds so terrible, but it's true. Fatter fans, like fat, like F A T. Um, and I'm I yeah, and I'm like I cannot believe that people would even do that, and and usually because the fatter fans. Also, just in that case, end up being more shy, so they don't get to meet the Spice Girls as much. They don't know how to play the game. To get to, you know, they don't know where to meet the Spice Girls. They don't really know how to connect on social media. Maybe so. Maybe the more socially awkward fans, I guess, as well. And these are the fans that are made fun of. And again, it's just I'm so. And what what I'm saying is, everything that I want to do from having that voice is 
not just for acting. It is for even my corporate job, right? So I don't mind sharing. You don't have to remove this. So I do work for the municipal government. So think of it that way. So I'm a project manager for the municipal government of the city that I live in. <laughs> and and as 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 wonderful as my employer is, uh, most of the leaders and managers I see are either, of course, white men, but also if they are women, they're also white. And I've tried to share stories about how it's so easy to even accidentally misjudge someone. And I'll give you an example. If I go into a meeting room in my daytime job and no one knows me, I know that they assume a few things that, yes, I'm quiet, I'm timid because I'm Chinese. Yes, whatever, whatever you want, I do for you. Like, no, I'm not that type of thing. It is racial and it is cultural. And I know that I don't have that power really, not yet, to, I hope one day to succeed in acting. So then I can talk about my experiences in the corporate municipal government environment. So yeah, it's not really corporate. It's more private, uh, sorry, public sector, but still it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a business. And I'd love to be able to then share about how come there were no Asians like me who are definitely qualified for jobs. Maybe we didn't apply for them, but how many times did you probably think, Oh, uh, I'll, and I'll throw it a name. It's a fake name. Janet Wong. Oh, well. You know, why shouldn't she be applying for the, uh, or, you know, oh, she didn't, oh, that means she didn't grow up in Canada. Of course, how would you know that? That she doesn't know what it's like to be a leader at the city. So there's just certain things like that. I, I know one day if I do have that voice, I will need all the help from my friends, including my readers who know me well enough, who can help me hopefully craft the message in a right way that it's not vindictive. It is not trying to shame anyone. But it's trying to finally make a change because no matter how much we talk about diversity and inclusion, I almost feel the only industry that's really pushing it and doing anything is the acting industry because they're so visible. You know, like industries now have to hire a certain number of, or even if they don't have to, they feel like they, they should. Fine, because other industries, including oil and gas and, and other companies, they don't have to do that. And, 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 and another reason why I want to get into acting is it, 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 it's, it does give you more power, but obviously I know that with that is it's harder to be humble about it. I'm even learning and I don't want to bring up this incident, but you know, even the whole, you know, Will Smith, Oscar, whatever incident, I, it it actually thought you know what i don't i hopefully if i ever do succeed in acting i don't take and i'm not i'm i don't know will smith or anything but i don't want to ever be an easy target because i let my guard down about treating people as fairly and kindly as possible i do believe that when actors succeed a lot of them do become more arrogant because they are treated more special that goes to that point about the people that are put on a pedestal, they are also the ones who get all the free things as well, right? They get sponsored by these companies and get free hotels. And and so they already are rich enough <laughs> to buy certain things. And then yet they're given more riches and they're also given riches from their fans. 
when the fans really hopefully should be directing that to someone like you know like and just as an example homeless people like you know if if i ever was and i don't ever want to be a celebrity because i think the pressure would be insane um another good thing about getting at getting into acting later in life i don't people wouldn't care as much i'm not i don't have that young social media trending type of personality so i'm never going to be a star i'm never going to be a teen idol but that's great because i don't have that pressure of of being so young but yet being elevated so high and not having those life experiences to really know what that means and what that doesn't i don't have to worry about honestly would not have to worry about people camping outside my door because you know even if i do start succeeding I'm still that older Chinese woman. Who cares? Like, if I was honestly a younger, more hip, more traditionally attractive person, then yeah, I'd have the media on my door. But they wouldn't care. No one cares about me. There are public images of me all over on the internet of me without makeup on. So it's not a surprise anymore. I'm not going to make it like, oh my God, look at Angie Hung without makeup. This is what she looks like. There's, they're already there. So I think that's another great thing about getting into acting, I guess, in a later stage of my life is in most cases, it, it, it does give you that more mature mind to, to deal with things. And I, I honestly, you don't get as, yeah, you don't get unfairly elevated to quote a celebrity star level because you're young and beautiful. Is there anything that you've noticed, and you may have already touched on this, but is there anything that you've noticed has really surprised you about the industry or that has changed now that you're in it a second time? I do see the, at least the attempt, the visual attempt to be more diverse and inclusive. You look at, mm-hmm. at uh, you know, when you go to breakdown services, you look at the, I forget what you call those things where they say who they want, like the cast call or whatever. And yeah, yeah, do obviously way more inclusive. A part of me is skeptical because usually they word it in a way that doesn't make it mandatory. They're like all ethnicities welcome. Like that could that is a way to get your more traditional, uh, young white thin skinny model, right? So, but at least, but at least they're they're. I think they're. But at least if they're doing something that is that you can actually see some kind of change. I I, I have noticed though, and, and maybe and I could be wrong about this. I'm probably more sensitive to it. Diversity seems to be just about uh, black and in- indigenous, and I don't really see any care for Chinese people. I do look at things like Squid Game and, and things where Asians have come to the forefront. And and maybe I don't relate to it because like I'm a Chinese person. I don't know what it what's like to be Korean. I don't know what it's like to be Vietnamese. And so as much as I love seeing Asian people in general more on screen, I do think there's a lot of real people, including real Chinese people, that are not shown in any way at all. I don't, even though I'm, there are some Asian actors that might be Chinese, but I don't see, I don't relate to them. I don't relate to Aquafina. I didn't grow up in Brooklyn. I don't have that street smarts and things like that. I'm just a 
normal person that belongs to a race that in most cases is ignored anyways. Um, and I, I, I think some of it is cultural. I think in, in my culture specifically, we're taught to be very obedient and not to speak up. So I think that also contributes to us not being seen. And, mm-hmm. but thankfully I'm not like that. So I don't tip, I don't, so as a Chinese person, I don't fit what traditionally Chinese people are known to be, which is very rules following. They don't speak up. They accept whatever is given to them. If they're, like, I hate to say this, but if they're abused, they're actually told not to say anything because you don't want to, you don't want to create trouble. And I just want to be another, I want to just add to that wonderful pot of real people, no matter what background, that still are not seen in any type of way. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I, I know I have to be very cautious about what I say, especially if I do get a larger platform because I don't want to. It's so easy to judge people, especially online, being like, oh my God, Angie is so racist because she thinks that Asians, you know, she doesn't think that Asians have been seen as an important minority as well. Right. So there's so many things that I just have to be very careful with. I am thankful and I should never use this, but I know my friends would be okay with it. I literally have friends from every single skin shade <laughs> and skin color that you can possibly think of. Just so you know, Janet, my, my, my best, best, best friend and one of my readers, she is like the, and she's okay with me joking about Skishino, the whitest white, we can't think any whiter than her. She's from Nova Scotia. And there's certain things like she grew up in her environment where at, at, at that time when she was growing up, there were no Asian people. There were no, like there was just white people and they're all straight. Of course, like not everyone was out at the time. Yeah. So she was like, Angie, you know what? You were the very first like Asian person I've met. <laughs> and then also he ended up being gay too. And then when she introduced me to her family, oh, that was a joy. Right, just because she knew that you know her 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 family are lovely people, but they just haven't been exposed to people like me. So I'm like, how careful yeah, do I go there? Like, what do I what do I mean about myself? I want to maybe keep a bit more hush hush, right? Uh, tone down, and then to to people that I'm that that are the opposite of what my friend my friend is. So I and I'm so proud of that fact. And yes, part of that is because I happen to like an international a group size girls that's internationally recognized or was recognized, whatever you say it, by a lot of people from around the world. And they just spoke to a lot of people, including gay people as well. So I did meet a lot of my gay friends, LGBTQ friends, through my fandom of the Spice Girls. Have I... And I haven't been involved in the acting industry to really speak to, has it really changed? I think there's a lot of voice about, yes, you know, the acting industry is being more inclusive. There needs to be more work done. I read the I Am the Internet Movie database stories that usually come from Variety and Deadline, and you do start noticing different types of faces and different types of people, and I love that. Oh, I do have to say one thing, though. Oh, my God. You know what I hate? Commercials, TV shows. They usually, if they do have someone who's of a different body shape, it's usually the man. So usually the person that isn't as yeah. fit, who's, you know, like just, just not as fit is the man. And the man can be chubby. The man can be, uh, no hair, like balding. And yet the woman's always still perfectly healthy, skinny, 
And I'm like, but have you noticed that? And that's accepted. It's almost considered cute. You know, you look at young Sheldon, right? The, the mother is, is great, you know, great, healthy, attractive. The father is a good person on the inside, but just isn't as taking care of himself. You will never see that yeah. exchange. I, why don't I ever see classic comedy? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Classic. And, and just things. So I, I have noticed things that I'm thinking, oh, damn it. Why is that the case? I, and, and again, I never would, I never want to pigeonhole something like, you need to hire more ugly women. <laughs> no, just kidding. But, but yeah, it, it, it's, uh, Usually you don't see the not a sit female. It's like the last remaining bias I've I've read. Like obviously we're not it's not like we've cured the industry of bias for LGBTQ BIPOC whatever, but like I've read I remember reading something just recently about like, yeah, the last the last remaining bias that the industry refuses to tackle is is weight. Yeah, especially for females and female identifying people. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. So can I ask, and this is maybe a bit of a controversial question. Um, I remember talking to somebody who, again, identifies as being a member of the LGBTQ community. And we were talking about how much we loved the TV show Shit's Creek because it didn't show the LGBTQ community as like the tokens. Like, here is the gay couple. Uh, look at the gay couple. It was like, no, here is a yeah. couple that are in love. They happen to be gay. That's not the... S- that's not the part of the story. That's not the story. Yeah. It's not, they're not the token gay couple that the world will pivot around and everyone will go, Whoa, look at them. What I, and in talking to them, we were, uh, and talking to other people who identify in as members of the BIPOC community. What I see is you're kind of in this weird gray area right now in the industry where there's still roles for, they want a Chinese female and you're going to be the owner of the convenience store. Laundromat. Token Chinese female, the laundromat, saying two lines, using the accent, token female, token Chinese female. But then they're also starting to have people who are like, we need a woman. Doesn't matter. It's like, I am a woman. I live in this world. It can be any race it can be any, uh, you know, LGBTQ doesn't matter. That's not the key thing that the story is revolving around. Mm-hmm. This is kind of an odd. My gut feeling is like, do you have a preference? But like, like, how do you want to see the industry shifting? Because there's an the idea of like respecting and identifying as like, this is the culture that I come from. And I want to be proud and show mm-hmm. it. But also I'm part of like Canada or just the world and I am here as just human. Yeah. Doing being a real person, portraying a real person, like you were yeah. saying. How do you want to see the industry shift from where it's at right now? What would be your ideal? Yeah. I think my ideal situation would be one day where Interviews would even have to ask that type of question because it's not seen yeah. as, as an issue. I, I mean, I really do appreciate the attempts to share different types of stories. Not all short stories have been shared and certainly not a lot of mm-hmm. Chinese stories have been shared. I Even as much as I kind of enjoyed Fresh Off the Boat, I could not relate to those parents at all. My parents, like it was very whiteified, Americanized parents, even if they looked Asian, right? 
And right. yes, I would like it where the industry wouldn't, where if they do say, okay, we're looking for a woman, it could be the lead role. It could be a, any type of role. I wish they, I wish that would be accepted without having people maybe in the background discuss, okay, what does that really mean? Mm. I, and, and, and what you said does remind me of something where I know not, not like not all people will agree with me. I don't believe that. And I don't know if this is maybe touching what uh, it's, it's an element of what you're getting at. I believe that straight actors should, <laughs> I know this is, be able to play gay characters because similarly gay actors should be able to play straight. In fact, your sexuality shouldn't even matter because I think it's such a, like it's usually not black and white. It's not like, Oh my God, I'm a gay person. Meaning I've never been with men before is not usually Mm -hmm. the case anyways. And because I don't ever want to limit LGBTQ actors to play only play their type because then that would truly mm-hmm. truly limit them like i mean I, and again i think about why I even went back into acting is because a straight woman actor kate winslet who i adore for acting purposes decided to take a risk and play a um, a, a woman who happens to be in a relationship with another woman and I think in order to normalize things like same-sex relationships, I think the industry should be allowing all sorts of people. It's not about sexuality. I'm not talking about skin color, by the way. I think if you're talking about a story that is a Mexican family, a Chinese family, a Caucasian family, I'm completely okay with whoever looks that skin color to play it. So, i.e., if you're telling a story about uh, like telling a true historical true story about someone who happens to be Caucasian. I don't see a need to try to be more diverse by hiring a, a black actor to play that role. But for sexuality, I think because it's not like no one can see sexuality on me. They can't tell that I'm what my sexuality is when they look at me, but they can tell that I'm whatever I look like to you. Chinese in my case, but people might not necessarily even guess that. I think it is something that's not visible. I I think it's, I, I, I love it. I honestly, I hate to say it. I love it when sometimes when straight actors play gay because it. I think it does help normalize same-sex relationships. If you only have gay identifying actors playing LGBTQ roles, I I think it just puts us in a box again because, mm. you know, growing up in Calgary, the, the, the representation of lesbians that I saw were the only ones that were out were butch, had, you know, tattoos, they looked like men. And that didn't make me feel good about myself and didn't make me feel included. So... Mm-hmm. I, I just love, like, so I, I, and maybe one day I'll have a different opinion on this, but for, so from, if you're telling a story about a family and like, especially if it's historically true, I do believe mm-hmm. that casting and being very clear about 
we are casting someone who needs to be, you know, um, I don't know what the word, like 100% this, this race or mm-hmm. whatever, this ethnicity. I, yeah. I agree. Like I, I, I promote that. I also, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't really know what I feel about say, uh, trans people because I do think that they've always never had that opportunity to play themselves. So that is yeah. a, a, mm-hmm. a difference where I'd be like, you know what, if you're going to, to tell a, 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 a trans character story, it's the best to hire someone who truly identifies as trans, as opposed to like hiring a woman who can play a man or, you know, whatever, like, like what they did with the Mm -hmm. Danish girl. You're going to be shocked at this. I have not seen a single episode of Schitt's Creek and Oh, Oh. but it's on my list. Like all my friends have said, Oh my God, you got to see it. But there's a whole bunch of shows that I want to see. Right. And I know that I would love it. Especially I heard that once you get, yeah, once you get maybe past the first season, it's, it's just so joyful. So maybe I need to represent better <laughs> by watching more stories that, you know, I should be able to like, be like, oh my God, do you remember that episode where? Because I, the only episode I'm aware about is when, uh, uh, I think someone serenades someone with Tina Turner's The Best. I don't know if you, oh my God, I love that song. Yes. I, and I'm like, okay, yes. I might just have to fast forward to that episode to kind of get the feeling of it. And I'm like, okay. No, oh. you have to watch it all. Oh. You have to. But I, it and it I would say wait till it's like the dead okay. of Calgary winter and it just you just need some joy and it's just it's just a, like a bowl of warm soup. It's like the most lovely lovely thing and it's hard to find people who don't like like once you get past that first season. Yeah, I mean it's not like the first season's bad. The first season is lovely, but but it just like it just grows and grows and grows into just like this phenomenal thing. Yeah. Okay, when I I when I make promises to people, I actually write them down. So when I start watching Shit's Creek, I will tag you and be like, because Janet wanted to make sure I watched an inclusive story. Yeah. <laughs> I can be like, Janet, you know what? Janet is is, is influencing me yeah. to be more inclusive, which is great. And that is. But that is what I mean about sharing, because as a minority, I learn just as much from people who are not like mm-hmm. me. Yeah. About people like me, right? Like that. And so I think because of that, I do welcome. And I, I, I know it's, it's, there's many more examples that I could, but I do welcome straight actors playing gay. I'm so sorry. I do. Um, because I don't think it's anyone's business what your sexuality is, anyways. Mm-hmm. So just because I'm married to a man, if I was, you know, and I'm always seen in the news with, you know, whatever, with Ben. Mm-hmm. I'd be Asian. Ben Wong. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I, no, I, you're an actor. Like, I mean, it's, it's like saying, oh, okay, if you're, if you're going to play a serial murderer, we got to hire a real serial murderer. Like, 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 this is so dumb. Like, so dumb. Uh, although I do, when I hear, opinions from people who don't agree with me i do understand where they're coming from and maybe from their experiences as well yeah and so i don't want to i'm i'm probably quite open and flexible about what i think but but i've i've never been sometimes i feel like i don't fit in the gay community because i'm usually have different just different perspectives about how things are and should be but it's because the people that have supported me in my work career, at least, are straight white men. So I don't want to be, you know, blaming a whole group of people for these problems when 
the problem exists, but not all of them are like that. Mm. And I don't want to make people have to defend themselves when maybe they weren't the types of people that should have to defend themselves. Mm. And, and yes, you know, just the fact that you are telling me how great Shit's Creek is because it's telling like, in, a, in a regular way about LGBTQ. Like, you only have to say it's LGBTQ, yeah. is, is, I think is what I heard you say, yeah. right? It's not like, oh, my God, yeah. you got to view Shit's Creek. It's an amazing gay, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. No, it's an amazing story about, I think, family and couples yeah. and father and son and things like that. Yeah. And And just even the fact of that exchange between you and I is exactly why I... I, I, it's that type of conversation that me and you are having. Cause I'm like, like, yeah, I'm going to be like, okay. I mean, I don't know what you are. I don't really care, Janet, but I'm like, Janet, here she is. And then you're talking about, I think you're talking about your husband earlier. So I'm like, I, whatever. I don't care. I don't care. Right. But, and I'll be like, she's the one that encouraged me to watch this creek, you know? And, and same thing. Like I, I, I'm not really into like drag shows, but my straight girlfriends are. Right. It's just like, I just, I love that. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And it makes me feel more normal in that case where as a gay Chinese person, I really hope I don't have to be then promoting gay Chinese shows, but I would like to share stories that people like me who grew up in a more traditional Chinese family who didn't fit in are, are shared. So I, I, that's why I cannot relate to fresh off the boat. Mm. Those parents are so Americanized. It, 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 I'm like, I had to sometimes not watch it so I wouldn't get so angry mm-hmm. about it because mm-hmm. I couldn't relate to that. Yeah. And, but that being said, it is a story and I'm sure there's people that do relate to it. Mm-hmm. So if, if it's, and I actually watch every single episode, but if it is something that you relate to, that's great. It all comes back to what we talked about at the beginning of, of, of empathy, right? Like when you are a part of art and the creation of art with stories, it's going to, we hope, open people's eyes, minds, opinions to learn about other people's minds, opinions, and to be open to hearing that. Like that's the whole reason why these stories are created. So we don't just like stay in our little like, box and not be exposed to the wonderful diversity inclusion whatever we're on I'm gonna call it of the world right and also yeah there's gonna be people out there who don't agree with your opinion and that's okay because people are allowed to have different opinions but it's all about being open to hearing those different opinions and I think the best way to do that without yelling and screaming at each other over social media and the news is through art because like you were saying at the very beginning it's a safe space to to explore a lot of these these things and yeah i love that it is and it does go back to your very first question about why i love acting is i now that i've i've gone through a lot of the experiences that i've had and yeah some of them have been negative a lot of actually have been positive i can now share that in a completely safe way Mm -hmm. you know and I don't, uh, I'm not, at least me, I'm not one of those people that feel like I have to like dig up, you know, the the worst times in my life so I can actually get to that character. Mm -hmm. And even if I do that, I love it because I'm not, I've already gotten past it. Mm -hmm. So now I can dig it up and use it, but in a positive way, it's not detrimental to me. I'm not like re-suffering, you know, that rejection that I had 25 years ago. I'm experiencing it. But because Angie Hung is over it, I can be that character and experience it again in a safe environment. 
and I love it. <laughs> you know, I love being able to like, uh, um, you know, okay, what was it like maybe going through that something that, that wasn't very pleasant mm-hmm. and, 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 and I'm, and I don't dread it. I'm like, Oh my God, I'll be like, I know exactly how it feels. Cause I went through that like 20 years ago and I'm truly over it. And that was another thing that I, I, it was, um, Oh God, was it Brian Cranston? I, I read his book, mm. right? Brian Cranston, um, he wrote a book about his life, but about acting. He goes, you have to get past whatever you've been through before because you, because you have to be a completely okay person then now to conquer all these difficult, complex roles and characters that hopefully you'll get the chance to play. Um, so I, and I think I had to go through all those experiences and work my, and work through them and, and understand from them, learn from them, not be bitter or bad about them, but use them as learning experiences so that, yes, I can have empathy and compassion and understanding for this character that might be going through some similar emotions. Because uh, I think some emotions are universal, mm-hmm. including, you know, obviously happiness, joy, anger, hurt, pain. And, uh, yeah, no, I just I just love acting because, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll have my reader come over and I happen to know it's for a role where... I do have to go to a difficult place. Mm-hmm. And I love that my, my best friends can understand when I be, I'm so sorry, can you come over and help me with audition? I'm not going to be very nice to you because I just need to be in my own space. Yeah. And and even that gives me so much more appreciation from, appreciation from my friends who are not even actors at all, but yet they do understand why I'm, I, I might be in a different headspace mm-hmm. and why I might not be the normal, friendly, upbeat Angie yeah. that, do you know? Do you have any final words of wisdom or advice? Well, I mean, I've really enjoyed this conversation, Me so too. thank you. And I, I hope that I hope that it's been a more of a conversation, not just you asking questions, me answering. It was lovely. Thank you. I oh, I do, and I think it goes back to auditioning and rejection in the acting. If you love the process of acting, including auditioning and the guaranteed <laughs> rejection after rejection that comes with it. And you still love getting together with your reader. You, you love and get excited over a one page, five page audition script. You love challenging yourself to learn who you are in that, in that character. You love doing things different ways. You love trying things different ways, i.e. if they ask for two, you know, do this two different ways. Even if you don't book a role and you don't book roles, but you still want to do this, then acting is for you. If you get complete joy out of everything, even if you haven't received or gotten that big part yet, then acting is for you. If you, if you'd like to challenge yourself to have empathy and putting yourself in someone else's shoes, even if someone else that in real life you maybe could never relate to, if you love that process and challenge and experience and acting is for you. Yeah, and acting is obviously, as I said this before, acting is not for you if you want to do something cool, if you want to meet famous people, if you want to become famous, whatever that even means. I, I if, any, if it's anything about that, if you compare yourself to other actors, like the first thing you, you do when you meet other actors, oh, well, Janet, well, what have you been in, mm-hmm. right? 
if that is what spurs you on, then honestly, not only is acting not for you, I hope you never succeed <laughs> because you're in it for the wrong reasons and, and you might be in, end up getting hurt in the process if that's really what you're pursuing. And, oh, and I guess maybe for me as an older actor, you know, i.e. not 20s, not 30s, let's keep on going, um, I... I don't think there's ever an age that you're too old to pursue this art because eventually someone will want to tell a story that is maybe of an older person, whether that's a mother or grandmother, not even a mother who happens to be older, then then that is a, another cool thing about acting. Mm-hmm. Oh, and finally, acting is not acting at all. It's not pretending. It's, it's being just being so real that... In you know in that moment that you're in that character, you are that character and you feel it. But it's a safe way of feeling it. Once you're out of it, you're okay. You're back to being yourself. You're not tormented, right? The tormented actor. And finally, if you if you if you really want to do something like Janet's podcast and it and. You're excited to do it, like you're excited to do it to begin with. We didn't, you didn't know like what to expect, and you really enjoyed the conversation. Then, one hundred percent, acting is free. So, so I think my my last piece of wisdom is: if you enjoy something like this because you get to share about acting and talk about it and have that conversation, then definitely acting is for you. Hi everyone, Janet McMorty here. This week's episode is sponsored by Shaw Insurance and Financial Services Incorporated. If you are looking for someone to help you with your short and long-term financial goals, retirement and estate planning, or corporate and life insurance and investing, give Mitchell Shaw at Shaw Insurance Financial Services Incorporated a call today. Everybody, this guy is the real deal. He is my financial guy. Mine. I trust him with my hard-earned money. He understands artists. He's a creative like us. He likes improv and video games. He is not your parents' finance guy. He understands you as a creative and how important your hard-earned money is. He also understands that a lot of us didn't go to finance planning school. (laughs) I went to medical school. I know how to do medical things. I don't know anything about money. A lot of you went to theater school and don't know anything about money, and that's fine. That's why he exists. He understands you and your creative brains. Give him a call, 705-325-2511. Together, you and Mitch will review your current financial picture and establish a plan to achieve your short and long-term goals. This is for Ontario residents only. Give him a call. Mitchell Shaw is his name. He's my finance guy. He's fantastic. Tell him I sent you 705. Yes, it's a 705 area code. He's up north here with me. 705-325-2511. Get your finances in order. Money is important for society. We don't have a barter system. You cannot barter your acting skills. I wish we could. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And thank you, Angie, for sharing your story with me. Thank you for your powerful words of wisdom, your hilarious thoughts on the Spice Girls, Shed's Creek, representation in the industry. I love everything about your enthusiasm and your joy and charisma that you're bringing to this world. Oh, the acting industry needs more people like you. We need more people like you, Angie. 
Thank you everyone for tuning in and I hope you will all tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye. Second Act Actors is produced and edited by me, Janet McMorty. Theme music by Guillaume. Additional sound editing by David Studio. Additional video editing by Jackie Wadewer. Show notes written by Sarah Hopkinson. I record using Riverside FM. If you're interested in developing an interview-based webcast like mine, I highly recommend this platform. Shoot me an email and I'll direct you to the wonderful folks there. If you or someone you know is interested in being a guest, email me at secondactactors at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. My love language is words of affirmation, so compliments, constructive criticism, and feedback are always welcome and encouraged. Negative Nancys, Judgy McJudgersons, or Debbie Downers, unless you're Rachel Dratch, regarding me or my guests are not welcome. It takes serious courage to share your story with the world, so if you're tempted to negatively comment about someone else's story, please ask your therapist why you're such a garbage person. Save the drama for the stage. On that happy note, I hope you'll tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye!